In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that is very important and very prevalent in our society, but I wanted to take a different, more casual approach to this. Unlike my other podcasts that are quite structured and quite formal, I wanted this one to be more of like a conversation that I'm having, um, because in this way you can get your point across without it coming across as a debate, because that is not what we have in our daily lives all the time. We have conversation and that's how we exchange ideas, exchange perspectives. So that is what I wanted to implement a little bit into today's episode. So my question today is, are gender quotas sexist? Gender quotas are usually requirements that are expressed as a minimum percentage of a certain group and they aim to increase gender diversity in different areas of our lives with, I think, a heavy focus on the workplace and university and college and the main focus of this is to have representation across all sectors and they can of course exist in many forms, one of them being reserve seats and these are seats that will only be given to women or you can have a minimum amount of female candidates, but then gender won't matter. Underrepresented in many sectors, women make up only 4.9% of Fortune 500 CEOs. So in some sense, it is very much still a man's world, but why does this construct exist? Why is the patriarchy still so prevalent in our society? I think it is because It comes from a place of nurture and most women are socialized and are traditionally primary carers for their children. In fact, 64% of women are primary carers, which means that they have to deal with the day-to-day challenges of having children. For example, who picks up their child from school at around noon, that is half of the workday, who stays home when they are sick, which increases the days off people get. Some may argue that this isn't actually the root of gender quotas. It's not these systematic issues that inhibit women from working and representing their gender proportionally to men. Instead, it is that they lack the necessary skills. However, we know this to be completely untrue and therefore some countries have actually implemented gender quotas into their law. So a really good example for this is the German Gender Representation Law of 2015, which claims that large companies have to allocate at least 30% of their non-executive board positions to women. And if they fail to do so, that position will be empty and will stay empty until a woman can take it. The aim of this is to obviously increase the number of women working in these sectors, however, is that really the right way to tackle this in our modern day society? In my opinion, it leads to people questioning if gender is more important than actual merit for the job. Let's take a look at the argument for having gender quotas. Representation means that average people are capable of a job. If women see other women in higher profile jobs, it boosts the motivation in the workplace as seen by several studies. However, these studies should be looked at with care as productivity is only increased when gender diversity is seen as something positive. 
All these arguments are focused on gender quotas on leadership, not gender quotas to actually achieve this goal. So while the goal itself makes sense, we need to look at the argument where we can use gender quotas as a means to almost reach that goal. The underlying argument is that the environment of women puts too many barriers around them to reach a goal and inhibits them from doing that. So to normalize female leadership, the environment must be changed. However, is that really a good argument? Let's look at the argument against gender quotas. They fail to acknowledge that underlying issues are still causing an unconscious sexist bias in people and that women actually do still remain the primary carers. They can make people question whether a woman actually deserved a job. So does this mean gender quotas are sexist? Well, I do agree with that in some way. They aren't policies that are aimed to be implemented with sexist goals in mind, but it is quite the opposite and it's betraying the feminist movement as a whole as we focus on counting women. This is because it makes us comfortable. Mangu Ward makes a really good case about this in a New York Times article called Stop Counting Women. It is about why we are doing that. We feel like we're in control when we have statistical evidence and statistical barriers to put this patriarchal construct under control. If we see an increase in female leadership, we assume that we've solved the problem. When forcing the system to change, thereby allowing questions over merit or gender, is actually increasing and deepening this problem that we have. Actual empowerment is giving the people ability, the means and the motivation to do so, not creating a dependent or passive culture. In my opinion, I think that psychological aspects of numbers and controls is a really crucial thing. I'm all about women empowerment, but these practices just set even more barriers and put much more pressure and cause even more prejudice towards women. It does create kind of like a reversed effect. It's always perceived as women now need to have a certain privilege because they were and are unable to achieve positions and statuses rather than a fight for equality. Gender quotas do act as reverse discrimination also against men. Equal representation is a goal of feminism, but the advocacy for gender quotas does not lead to people getting this empowerment. It actually leads to mischaracterizing the feminist movement as misandrist.